Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And welcome to our business legal podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to our email address. Which is? <laughs> oh, ask, ask at <laughs> legallysoundsmartbusiness.com. I'm glad I'm not a guest anymore, or else I would have not known that. <laughs> yes, you've been upgraded once again to co-host, but at any time, that's subject to change. Great. We'll see what happens. Because I, I think last week, I was fine on Monday, and then went, for some reason, I got downgraded Wednesday and Friday. So I don't know what happened. Well, you listened to Monday's episode, right? Obviously, you should do some self-reflection there. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I have to go back. I didn't hear anything, but I'll go back and listen a second time. All right. Well, I think this is going to gain a lot of publicity here as we get closer to it. But And I usually don't talk about specific stories so much, but I kind of need to talk about the story because it paints the picture as a whole. There's all these big cases that are going to hit the Supreme Court here pretty soon. These big cases, I'm meaning that deal with tech. And what this article is basically saying is... These nine people aren't the best people to be making huge tech decisions. And like I said, it's the Supreme Court, so this is going to be the final word here. And this guy's basically saying these aren't the best nine people to be making decisions on tech, on what the law is supposed to be. You know, they, he kind of details some of the justices. Some of this might be overblown. I don't, talks about a couple of them, don't really, aren't sure, haven't really gotten to email, find Facebook and Twitter a challenge. I don't know how true any of this is. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that they don't know how to use email. I don't care how old you are. They're obviously all pretty bright, so I think they could figure it out and stuff like that. But I mean, this is an interesting topic. I mean, have you thought about this at all? Because I think it is going to be interesting if they get into some really complex issues, but this, this isn't the first time I'm sure they've encountered issues they weren't familiar with. Yeah, you're right. It's not the first time. I mean, but I think in general, the Supreme Court is generally going to be older and they're going to be of some, I think, in my personal opinion, kind of a status of which they're not as in touch with most of the U.S. population. And I think in general, whether it's technology or not, a lot of people feel that way that a lot of the decisions that come out of the Supreme Court are sometimes a little bit distant from what's actually going on in the ground. And eventually that usually catches up. It just takes a little bit of time, but the system designs so the laws not change too quickly. But from my perspective, one thing I think about technology is when it comes to defamation. For example, the statute of limitations, and I'm not even talking about the Supreme Court, but in most appellate jurisdictions in the states, for the statute of limitations for defamation is one year in most states. Okay, That means that you have one year from the date of publication to bring your claim. Most states follow a single use, a single publication, meaning it doesn't matter if it's republished over and over again, they look at the first publication. But where this comes into play that I think the law is not cut up with technology is that when someone posts a defamatory comment online, as opposed to a newspaper or a story, okay, when it's published online, it kind of goes off on its own and it's continuously republished, shared at different places. It's going to be on Google search. It's going to be here or there, and it's not going to go away. Yet courts have interpreted that it's still one-year statute of limitation. And second, you may not even find out until like 
years later about some of these comments that come up. And I think in that particular case, that's a poor interpretation. But I think you can find many cases where the technology is just too advanced for the law to keep up. I don't think that's the Supreme Court. It's obviously not just the Supreme Court. I think there's a lot of laws, a lot of statutes that aren't up to date with modern times and don't even address things like email or the internet or anything really online. So I guess it would require a complete overhaul. And this is all just speculation. We don't, we have no idea how they're actually going to decide on things and maybe they'll be fine. There's a big case about, you know, is it lawful for the police if they arrest you to search your cell phone? Actually, that might have already been decided. Yeah. Was that already decided? I don't think the U.S. Supreme Court decided that from what I recall. But a good example that they did recently was the GPS tracker case. That's what it was. Yeah, And that was a 9-0 decision where they said that it's unreasonable search and seizure to basically put a GPS on someone's car without a warrant. And what's interesting about that is, and this is the argument that jurists are going to say that you can always take old law and apply it to new situations and get a just result. And in this case, that's what some of the judges did, specifically Scalia. He he based his decision on 18th century tort law, which he was ridiculed by Justice Alito about. But basically, in that case, they said, okay, you can follow a person, possibly without a warrant, but by putting a GPS tracker, that is just too much. And somehow they were able to create a legal discussion, legal argument based upon a technology that never existed. Because before then, you couldn't follow somebody without being seen, so to speak. Yeah, so I imagine they can do similar things if they want. I mean, I'm not as concerned as other people might be on whether they'll get to these conclusions, because they're all smart people. The substance of cases they've been through has to be all over the board, so... They're smart enough to read a brief and figure out, you know, what's going on. So I'm not too concerned about it, but it will be interesting if some of these things are true about they haven't really gotten to email (laughs) and they were talking about Netflix. They said Netflix, (laughs) iDrop. I don't know what iDrop. It's a combination of Dropbox and i some Mac thing. I don't know what that even (laughs) is supposed to be. Yeah. But. Something to keep an eye on, I guess, when we get into the Supreme Court season here. But I think everyone's looking forward to this year's uh, Supreme Court season. Who do you think is going to win this year? Who's your favorite? <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty wide open race. <laughs> I wonder if there's a way to bet on Supreme Court decisions. Oh, yeah. There has to be some website that does it. I don't remember the site, but there's a site that you can bet pretty much on everything. Especially in Vegas, you can bet on everything. But there's this bigger side. I'm trying to remember. You can bet on politics. You can bet on whether a hurricane's going to hit this city or not. In fact, there was even some guy that I think won a bet in that World Cup. He bet at one football player that bit that guy's shoulder. I can't remember his <laughs> Suarez. name. But he bet that he would bite somebody in that particular game, which ended up being not too crazy of a bet because apparently he's done it before, but still he won quite a bit of money. Yeah, I do remember that. There's also a couple of people that a more conventional bet that won the Brazil-Germany match where the Germany just destroyed them. Oh, really? It was like, what, 7-1? I think there was like three people that bet the exact score and it was pretty crazy odds. Wow. Yeah. All right, enough gambling talk. No, one more thing. There's this Twitter account <laughs> that was like basically saying there's a FIFA conspiracy so that on Twitter, what they did is they basically predicted the entire match of the World Cup And people were trying to figure out what they did, but what they did is they created hundreds of different FIFA accounts with varying different names with all the different possibilities, and then posted everything before the game, and then after the game was done, deleted the old accounts, and then pointed to it. 
And so it looked like they predicted the game and it was a FIFA conspiracy. It was a red game and so forth. That seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I know. For what purpose? I don't know what they got out of it. But yeah. Besides publicity. Exactly. All right. Now we can get to the question of the day. This one I think will be a pretty short answer. What is the difference between a trademark and a service mark? Which do I need for my advertising golf cart business? Oh, specific. That is specific. So I'm guessing this comes from a advertising golf cart business owner. Yeah, I would think that's right. So trademark is kind of used in a way that both applies to both service marks and trademarks. <laughs> Even though a trademark is referring to the trade name, whereas service mark is more of, maybe you can give an example of between the two. Well, we're going to stick with pizza because that's always a theme of the podcast. Very so predictable. Let's say you have a pizza place. They have all these specialty pies, and one of them is the the legally sound smart business pizza. Known for its sauce. Of course. That would be a trademark because you're talking about an actual product that is being sold. But if you're talking about the service in which the pizzas were made or delivered to the customers, then we're talking about a service mark because we're dealing with the actual service and not the pizza itself. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the actual distinction between a service mark and a trademark is pretty negligible. I think only attorneys really care the difference. And even then, the legal consequences, I can't really think of anything, you know, unless it really gets into deep trademark law when it comes to infringement and so forth. You have to file a trademark in certain classes of goods and services. And that's really the question what this person's asking, right? Is should I file it in a good or a service? And and that's kind of a hard question to answer because you have a lot of options when it comes to classes of goods. And that's something that you have to kind of uh, do your research when the attorney does it. But I think we can establish, though, that a advertising golf cart business is a service of some sort. Yeah, that's their business is driving golf carts around and having advertising on them. So that's going to be a service. There's no good or product that's unless they're selling the carts, you know, on some other spot, then, you know, get into a different story. But what they're actually providing is a service. So that's going to be a service mark. Yeah. And the reality is, though, most businesses, even when they sell goods, they sell a service and vice versa to the biggest company of Amazon to even a law firm, you know, they can provide certain services, but then they could also sell certain products. Maybe they sell pizzas, for example, like we do. <laughs> you don't know about this. That's my that's my <laughs> wife's dream. Or she always tells me just open up a pizza law office. Oh, we like, should. It doesn't even make no. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. But we should just uh, we should definitely do that though. I I, I do want to start a pizza place. That'd be good. People are just waiting to you know when they walk into an office and they say if you want coffee or tea or water. So if you want a pizza, they just we have one of those 900 degree ovens and they make a pizza in like a minute and a half. <laughs> I like it. Sounds good. That is a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's do that tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, that's our episode. Thank you for joining yep. us, everyone. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast 
without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.